If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're manifesting that. You're searching for that. And then sometimes the time will come and it'll say now is the time to do whatever that might be. For me, it was the pandemic. It just so happened that I would have never launched Goldie Home if it wasn't for the pandemic. I would have been in my next corporate position on another side of the industry. And that's what I would have been doing. But... I think it's really doing a little bit of soul searching of finding like, what is it that lights you up? And then how is that manifested in terms of a product, service, an industry? What does that look like? Welcome back to Bucket List Careers. I'm Crystal Laurie. Thanks for joining me. Our guest today for episode 126 is Sarah Roberts, founder of Goldie Home. She spent nearly 20 years working for the world's largest fashion media brands before Sarah had her aha moment in the pandemic. Sarah had rediscovered the tremendous joy in gathering at the table every night with her family, and this inspired her to start making her own table linens using her watercolor paintings and dyeing techniques. Soon enough, Goldie Home was born. It's a reflection of Sarah's own personal style. Her work blends New York sophistication with a European design aesthetic infused with Mediterranean color and light. I actually bought a pair of pillows I'm in love with, and... We'll have a discount code for you later in this episode. As far as takeaways, get ready to be inspired by the way Sarah aligns her artistic abilities and business acumen to craft a dream business, creating unique pieces that she hopes will bring something special to your living spaces. All right, let's listen to how she built it. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time for Bucket List Careers. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I feel like it was lucky that your business was actually at a recent fundraising event for my school and I fell in love with your products. And sure enough, you were right next to a former guest of mine who said, you should talk to Sarah Roberts. She has a great pivot story. This is how I get terrific yeah. guests. So kismet, I think. It was, it was. And it was great to meet you. And it was so also great to meet the founder you're mentioning. We've also now connected. Bridget Johns to and from gifting, and I've already been using her too for the holiday shopping. So let's dive in and talk about Goldie Home, your business. It was founded in 2020 after the first part of your career working in fashion, advertising, and publishing. So you have the pivot and you also tell me this is what really lights you up. So I'm excited to have you walk us through your professional evolution But tell me, why is this so much better for you than any other gig that you've had in the past? Because you've worked for big brands, great roles in these companies. But this, you say, and these are your words, is by far the most riveting part of your career history. Tell me why. 
Yeah, I think, and as you said, I've had the luxury and the good chance to work for some amazing companies and brands. And a lot of what I did in my career was branding, kind of getting to the essence of what makes a brand unique and what makes it interesting and really paring that down and diving into it. And I've also been, was really lucky throughout my career to be able to work at the intersection of creativity and business, because that's very much where my strength is. And that's where I find it to be interesting. And so the reason I think Goldie Home is lighting me up so much and is exciting is that it is really the intersection of creativity and business. When you launch a company, it's your creative combined with your business acumen that lets you make it happen and take it further. I'm excited by it because it's all of my art printed on textiles that people can use in their homes. The ethos of the brand is about celebrating and coming together with the people you love, either that be family and friends, in your home, at the table. And those are the things that I love the most. I love being with people. I love being with the ones I love at the table. I love entertaining in an effortless way. And making product that does just that with my own artistic imprint on it. I don't see an end to it. I really, I see it as the long path and I see what can evolve from here. And I'm just at the beginning and it's exciting. That sounds amazing. So let's go ahead and dial it back a bit. We want to go behind the resume, understand a little bit of your mindset in terms of your choices, who you are professionally. You were always in the fashion lifestyle sector. So as you said, you've had this balance of creative and business throughout your career. Before Goldie Home, you were creative services director at L. See, overseeing all branded content and special projects. How has that served you in terms of becoming a founder, transferring your skills, which is such a big theme that we have on this podcast, what you have brought with you? Yeah. What do you think is most significant and what has served you? Well, I think my tenure at L, I think if I were to really distill it down to one or two things, it would be how to create content, how to create captivating, interesting content. And that was what a lot of what the last part of my career at L was what I was doing was the trend in publishing then was to work with other advertisers and to bring them into the halo of L where I was or other print titles and to create content for them, kind of mini campaigns to make it feel more endemic to the brand they were advertising in to blur the lines a little bit between editorial and advertising, if you will. That really allowed me to kind of get into the brain of the brand we were working with or the advertiser we were working with, but coming from the perspective of L and how do we fuse the two? How do you find the right photographer, the right stylist? How do you find the right location? How do you just make it work, obviously within a budget and obviously achieving both my objective as L as well as the objective of the brand? And so I think a lot of it was content creation and negotiation, budget management, and Really just understanding always, I keep using the term brand a lot, but always understanding really what the essence of the brand is. And I think that set of experiences has really parlayed well into Goldie. So much of it is the presentation. So much of it is the content we create. So much of it is the image we build. Yeah, And that's really direct output of my tenure at Al. Before I was at Al, I really started, we take even a step back further, I serendipitously fell into fashion. This was back in the day when you didn't use internet to, to find jobs. You didn't go online. So you'd go to 42nd Street and go to Headhunters. And I went and I had this amazing meeting right out of college. And she said, do you want a job at LVMH? And I did not know what LVMH was. I said, yes. And because obviously I'd found out quickly what it was. And 
I had an incredible job there working in the corporate space. And that was the year when they went from six companies to 14 companies. Oh, yeah. Ford, Bell, all these bigger companies were being folded into the umbrella. So I got running right away in like the apex of the fashion space in New York and was working with an amazing woman at the time at the at the corporate office. Quickly after that, I got into advertising, went to a branding agency where David Yerman and Burberry were the two brands we were really working on to rebrand them. There I was exposed to a whole slew of things that go into advertising, but a lot of it was media buying. How do you make smart choices about the media you buy across all categories, print, digital, out of home, and beyond? How do you manage an account? And how do you work with creative so that the creative drives the media? And I spent a long time there. And then I went to Armani for a very quick bit. And then I started consulting. And when I was consulting, Elle became one of my clients. So it's, uh, I guess I go back a little further just because I had the great experience of always being either in-house at a brand, at the agency, as well as at the publishing side. So I really yeah. kind of had that 360 degree perspective. And I think all of that has done me well for the position I'm in now. Absolutely. I know how to look at media. I know how to look at influencers. I know how to look at all these different categories in a, a very analytical way. So you feel equipped. Well, I do. And you do have this creative voice, I guess, that throughout this process wanted to be heard more so and you wanted to express it. You're designing your prints. Tell us a little bit about Goldie and how you make these beautiful products. I am a fan. I don't always say that about (laughs) guests' products. I don't have to be fair. Talk to me about the origin. And again, your pivotal moment is important to us too, with that in mind. I was always an artist. I always painted. And then life got really busy and I had kids and I had a full-time job and painting kind of went to the sidelines. The origins of the prints are a little bit of a couple of things. One is that working in fashion, we always wear neutrals, right? We're both wearing black right now. We always wear neutrals. Here <laughs> have the silhouette and the fit. Then once in a while, there'll be a pattern or a pop of a color, but it's typically neutrals. But when it so comes true. to your table, it's such a fun place to express yourself. I love a layered, rich table that just looks like it's had fun. Like there's a party that's about to happen or a party that happened. And you can do that so well with rich patterns and colors. A lot of my inspiration for the paintings comes from the European sensibility. In Europe, when you're there, you see this amazing vibe of people eating outside. And the colors are there. The food is there. It's just an unabashed fun. And that's a little bit of the inspirations. When we do travel, I do, I know I take lots of pictures. I, and then I also fashion as a big inspiration with this new collection of stripes. I've looked at so many different designers stripes and I spent so many hours and nights painting stripes to get it right that those were goldy stripes. And even with another design in our new collection is called Sunbeam Solids. I didn't want to do a solid. My brand is not a solid but I wanted something a little quieter that I could match and mix and match with the other more bolder prints. And so what I did was I painted a very large oil painting with broad brush strokes. And then the way it gets produced is that painting gets cut into many different squares or rectangles, whatever the product is being produced. And so the idea is that everybody has a detail of a painting. So when you sit at the table, we're all kind of connected through something larger than us. We're connected through by art. There's lots of different inspirations, I think, when it comes, but I think if I were to pare it down, it's definitely European sensibility. And I think 
it's a lot of it is fashion. It's a fusion of fashion and home. I'm really aligning with this right now. We just got back from Florence visiting my oldest daughter studying there. Yep. And to your wow. point about the aesthetic, the piazzas, Warm. being outside, I, I actually just love everything about what you're trying to bring wow. to yep, home. Yeah. This ice dyeing technique that you're employing, tell me about that because I'm not familiar yeah. with it. Is it somewhat singular? During the pandemic, I had left L right before the pandemic began. And I was looking for my next job in the corporate sector like all of us and interviewing a lot and really taking my time to figure out what my next move was going to be. And then COVID hit. Like all of us, I was at home with my two kids who were probably eight and 10, seven and nine, I don't know. And my husband in our New York apartment. And I got this rush of creativity that came through me. I said, the only way to stay sane was that if I made something every day. And I don't even honestly remember how I first discovered the process of ice dye. I must have been on Instagram or something. And I said, let me try it. And so really simply, ice dyeing, and it became a whole trend during COVID is, and I'm going to simplify it so much, is that you scrunch the fabric up, you put ice cubes all oh. over the fabric in a very thoughtful way, and then you sprinkle the powder fabric over the ice, and six hours to eight hours to 10 hours, no matter how long you leave it, the ice melts through. And the powder melts through and all of that comes through. And what happens is that what's really gorgeous, and you see it in my marble prints, which are the ice dye prints, is that if you take one color, the way the ice reacts to the powder is that it breaks up into so many different colors. So it's this mm. gorgeous, almost like a watercolor painting process. And I got really into it. And so every time it's something unique. And I just was kind of mesmerized in those early days. And so the way I kind of pivoted was that it's spring of 2020. We're all going stir crazy. I'm in my New York City apartment. Two children are going crazy. And my husband is very clean. And I am ice dyeing nonstop. <laughs> and I start ice dyeing sweatshirts. And people see them on Instagram and neighbors who I never met saying, can I have one? And I'm like, oh my God, what's going on here? So I make a PDF and I say, this is what I've done. Who wants what? Everything goes to No Kid Hungry. And I just started getting emails saying, can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? At the same time, I started just taking like white linens that I had. And there's a bit, there's a much larger process that goes into sure. the fabric, you, but whatever. And I got, I started getting this rush, like so many other people were doing the same thing at the time, but I'm doing it in my New York City apartment of this rush of every day I make something. And every day I get to give something to someone and they enjoy it. And I contribute to a charity that is doing amazing things at that time and still is. And it just became this. My hands were dyed for, my hands were permanently dyed for a year. My friends were <laughs> was crazy, but I never felt happier and never felt more wow. filled. Yeah. So there you go. And you also told me that during that time, the pandemic, we were all at home and lockdown, you rediscovered the tremendous joy of gathering at the table. At night with your family, we were all forced to slow down. I mean, it's like you rediscovered it, right? We all knew it was important, but rushing around and everybody's so overscheduled. That was a time when I think we took stock and said, wait a minute, <laughs> this is what it's all about. And that also played into the formation of Goldie Home. Really getting creative and exercising that muscle. The other thing that happened was that, and like all of us, dinner became the most exciting part of the day. And we would cook. We would decide what we were going to make. We were lucky enough. Everyone was healthy. And I would set the table. 
beautifully. And with whatever I had, I would rediscover old things that I didn't know I had. But I saw that every night was this really wonderful dinner, the four of us. And my kids stayed longer because the Mm -hmm. table was set. They equated it, I think, in their minds with going out for dinner. And they saw that, oh, there was a tablecloth, there were cloth napkins, there were candles, there was a beautiful bowl of something. It wasn't just here, sit at the counter and eat this. It was thoughtful. It was intentional. It was beautiful. And we stayed longer. We talked more. We laughed more. We argued more. Whatever we did, it was longer and it was great. The two things came together for me then. It was the art and the process of and putting art on the table and the fact that other people could also enjoy it at the table, plus the beauty of being at the table, which was the two things coming together. The aha moment, fall of 2020, when I said, wait, this makes sense. I don't really see anything else out there. But even with that said, I want to go forward. I want to pay. I want to move forward with this. That was your moment. And let's look at this now from three years later. Talk a little bit about the growth of the company and some of the obstacles you faced. I mean, you obviously made a big change, a big transition from working for big brands to being a founder and running your own business. You also mentioned that trying to find your place between the very often pre-constructed silos that divide creative and business was hard for you. If somebody like you is out there and they wanted to launch something like this, what should they know? It's really hard. You have to really believe in yourself, but you should believe in yourself. I think even if you're giving your, telling yourself mantras morning and noon and night, do that. Because if you don't believe in yourself, and this is trite, but it, it is the tr- truest thing I know, no one else is going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. And I didn't really understand the weight of that mm. until I started this. At the onset of starting this, I knew, but didn't understand the magnitude of it, how difficult production was going to be. I'm not great at anything, but I understand branding. I understand marketing. I understand creative. Those are all things that I felt comfortable with. Production was something I had never done before. And that was a really big learning curve. And I, from the get-go, people had said to me, hire someone, hire a go-between who will handle this for you. And A, that wasn't a possibility because the money just didn't work out. I I was bootstrapping this and I couldn't afford that. I said to myself, if I'm going to make this successful, I can't have someone else do this for me. I need to understand the way production works in every aspect of it. Two years later, I do. Not every aspect, obviously there's always new things to learn, but I really understand production. Sure. And I can have an intelligent conversation with my manufacturer or another manufacturer. I can go in knowing what I want and knowing how to get it. Where do you manufacture, by the way? And was that one of the most difficult pieces, finding where you wanted to do this and with whom? Yeah. So I manufacture in Portugal. Mm. And I tried a little bit to manufacture in the US. What I do is unique in the sense that they're very detailed prints. Mm -hmm. And it's a digitally printed process. But when you digitally print over fabric, it changes the feel of the fabric because you're putting another layer on it. And so it took me a long time to get the consistency down, the material down, the wash down, and the color retention down. I'm really happy that I'm I'm producing in Portugal. I love my manufacturer. I think a part of the brand is a European sensibility. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense to me that is where it's being produced. Other pieces of advice to other people who want to start it, I think, speak with as many people as you can. Don't ever be shy. Just go for it. 
just go for it. There's no one way to do anything. So just go for it. You know, you brought it up before, you know, we were serendipitously met a day at the school and serendipitously next to me was this woman, Bridget, who was another founder of a company. The byproduct of starting this, and I, Chris, I'm sure you relate so well to this, is meeting other female founders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they become not just good friends, but kind of co-conspirators, collaborators, supporters, business ideators. When I left my tenure working in fashion and publishing and advertising, and this is just, I think, the nature of working in a corporate sector, you don't get to choose the people you work with. Now I do, for the most part. And that's an amazing thing that you really get to know the person and then you get to decide how you want to work with them. And that's Oh, yeah. I mean, the value of an incredible team behind you, the networking, as you said. So finding your professional purpose. My last question, you think you've gotten there. Do you believe we all have it in us? And what does it take? And it's okay to give me a trite answer because (laughs) sometimes we have to speak in generalities. But based on what you've learned about yourself, what, what could you share with us? Finding your professional purpose. I think I'm finding it. I don't think I've gotten there yet. Goldie has different categories maybe within the home space to grow into. And there's other things obviously I have to figure out, but I think I'm on the path. Being with people makes me feel really good. I don't think I realize that as much as I do now. And so finding more of a way to do that in my everyday, embodying the Goldie personality and bringing that to life in a bigger way. I'm not even sure what that looks like. And that's actually... The name is after your maternal grandmother? Yeah, the name is after my maternal grandmother, who I was very close with and just always had this kind of beaming happiness to her. And my daughter and my niece, both their middle names are Goldie as well. So it's kind of this carrying on, this this lineage through line of joy. Well, I think you were telling me you have found your professional purpose. Do you believe it exists? And how can we learn from you in terms of achieving that? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone does have it. I think it's digging really deep and finding what it is to use your words, what really lights you up. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to kind of make it happen and just do it. But sometimes the time has to come to you. Mm. You know, when you're, you're manifesting that, you're searching for that. And then sometimes the time will come and it'll say now is the time to do whatever that might be. For me, it was the pandemic. It just so happened that I would have never launched Goldie Home if it wasn't for the pandemic. I would have been in my next corporate position on another side of the industry. And that's what I would have been doing. But I think it's really doing a little bit of soul searching of finding like, what is it that lights you up? And then how is that manifested in terms of a product, service, an industry? What does it look like? So let's tell everybody where to find you online and learn more about and shop and all those good things. Yeah, thank you. You can shop Goldie, G-O-L-D-I-E hyphen home.com. Our newest collection is up now. I'd love to extend your listeners a 10% discount. So if anybody wants to use bucket list when they check out, just type in the bucket list as a code. That's so generous. All lowercase, does it matter? Doesn't matter. Anything lowercase, uppercase, bucket list at Goldie hyphen home.com. And also just follow me at Instagram, Goldie Home NYC, and send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. And I hope you enjoy what I'm putting out there. 
I'm so excited for my pillows to arrive today, um, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, I love what you're doing, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your art with the world. Thank you, Chris. I'm thing. so happy we met. Me too. Me too. Be well. Take care. Thanks again for being part of my listener community here at Bucket List Careers. I'm Crystal Laurie. If this or any of our past episodes spoke to you, please share it with friends, write me a review, rate the podcast, and of course, keep on listening. We'll be back on Thursday. Until then, be well. An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.